This morning, I want to minister to you a message entitled, and I picked the old English phrase here because I could have just picked nice, in, nice modern words, but it just sounded cooler to me. I don't know. Why criest thou unto me? And so I'd like you to turn with me, please, in, your, in the Bible to Exodus chapter 14. I wanted to finish off. We have one more part in our vision series, four parts, heavenly vision. I wanted to finish that today. And the Lord, the Lord arrested me last night when I was praying. And he said, it is not the time to finish that vision. He said, I want you to preach this message tomorrow. I'm not sure why exactly, but it's not my problem. It's not my issue. He just said, I want you to preach this message tomorrow. There are people that need to hear this. So I said, Lord, you're the boss. I'm happy to do whatever you say. And so Exodus chapter 14, please. Exodus chapter 14, if you would be so kind. Amen. Are you there? Exodus chapter 14. And of course, the people like typical people are whining. And uh, let's start in verse... And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. That's not poker, okay? He's not talking, they weren't playing poker. He means they're blessed. They cut the gold, the jewels, remember? And not one feeble among them. These are slaves that are beaten with rods. Even old people, no cancer, no glaucoma, no tuberculosis, no arthritis. Oh God, I got arthritis. No, none of that. They beat me with that rod and I'm healed. Every one of them got healed by the blood covenant and it produced the most incredible prosperity they've ever seen because covenant produces prosperity. I wish all the anti-prosperity people would just look at the Bible because God saw the blood covenant as not just a freedom from darkness and from bondage, which speaks of salvation for us, but of healing and prosperity because they went and they said, hey, you owe me 400 back years of back pay. That's, so That's what they did. And the Bible says that the Egyptians freely gave them gold and jewels because they were so freaked out at what had just happened with the 10 plagues. So God is it. God wants to bless people that are in covenant. But of course that, that, that soured pretty quickly, uh, that high hand, <laughs> but the Egyptians pursued after them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea before Philaroth or whatever, before Belbaros, doesn't really matter. I don't know where those places are, but they're somewhere. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, and the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, see God didn't answer them. Notice, notice God didn't say nothing. Immediately they go to Moses. See, when you cry to God and he don't answer you, come and have a counseling session with me. But maybe you should ask why he's not answering you. Before you come after the council, maybe you should ask him why he's council, not answering you. And when, and they, and they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we did tell thee in Egypt? We told you already, Moses, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. <laughs> They'd rather be beaten with rods. <laughs> It just it doesn't even make logical sense what they're saying. You'd rather be beaten, what, so that you can die and have a nice gravestone? Like, if you got to... Is not the word, that word that we told you... Oh, we already said that, verse 12. That we should die in the wilderness. Verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, fear not. Now what? Now I want you to watch now, because oh, how many people have quoted this to me, and it's on the cat poster. Yeah, it is. This verse on the cat poster. 
the inspirational kitten poster that you all have in your, in your things. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. It's a religious statement. And he will show you to you this day, today, before the Egyptians whom you see in this day, you shall see them again no more forever. And the Lord will fight for you. That's also on the cat poster. And ye, and ye shall hold your peace. Stop whining. Just, just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Don't be, the, the fear not is, is good, but the stand still is not so good. See the salvation of the Lord and he will fight for you. Now listen, I'm not, don't, don't, get, don't get upset with me. These statements are true, but they're in the wrong order. God's issue was the order. It's not what he said was not right. It's that he didn't put it in the right order. So just listen to me. That's why God got upset with him. I'm trying to teach you something about how God thinks. Listen, he doesn't change. And if you think he's like this then, he's even more like this now. Well, I don't believe that. Well, that's because you, you don't know the Bible. That's why you don't believe that. He's more like it today because the Bible says what we have is a better covenant with better promises and greater authority than what Moses had and a lesser covenant with lesser promises and lesser authority. So if he expected this from Moses, how much more does he expect this from you? So pay attention because this really affects our day-to-day -day living. Are you, are you with me? And the Lord said unto Moses, after this whole discourse to the people, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. The Lord will fight for you, hold your peace. And then the Lord answered him and said, why criest thou unto me? I mean, if there's ever a time to cry to God, it's then. If every time to ask for help, it's then. But God didn't even count that worthy of help. I'm trying to help you understand the way that God thinks. But pastor, I've got cancer. Why are you asking me for help? But Father, I've lost my job. Why are you asking me for help? You see, religion puts everything over on God. Oh, on the sweet by and by in Beulah land, I'll see the blessings of the Lord. Oh, shut up. It's amazing what religion will feed you and it's toxic grass. Everything's on God's side. Everything's God's will. Oh, God works in mysterious ways we know not. Well, I guess you didn't read 1 Corinthians. It said he reveals it to us by his spirit. The spirit of religion wouldn't take things off you. Are you listening to me? I, is this promise of life? The spirit of religion will take responsibility off your shoulders and put everything on God. But the spirit of faith, the spirit of trust, the spirit of confidence in this great God will put something on your shoulders for you to do something. And then watch God do his something. We are not even for a moment or a split second even suggesting, dare we suggest that God is not involved. That would be asinine and ludicrous. Of course he's involved. Amen. He's the one doing it. We don't have any power to heal anybody. Amen. We can't change situations. It takes God's power to do it. But it's the order that, that offended God. It's not that you shouldn't stand still and see a salvation that God's going to fight for you. It's that he, they didn't put it in the right order. Because what he's trying to say is, God will do it. God will do it. Oh, God, help us. What does God say? Why are you crying to me? Are you listening? This sounds harsh, but it's doctrine. Why that Christ unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. What did he just say? Stand still. Tell them to move. 
You just told them stand still. I don't want them to stand still. I want them to move. Well, how can they move? There's the water there. But that lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. He didn't say, ask me to divide it. Now, God did divide it. But you notice how I just pay attention to his talk the way he talks. He didn't say, you, you do that and then ask me to do this. He just said, you put out your rod, which speaks of authority. Because remember, he gave it to it, the burning bush. I give you authority. He said, you hold that authority out. Or in other words, use your authority. You divide it. You speak. Now watch. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I behold will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. And they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians, this is still God talking to them. And the Egyptians shall know that I'm the Lord and that I've gotten my honor upon Pharaoh and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the angel of the Lord, which, okay, that's, that's the end of the discourse. Now the angel of the Lord, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind the camp of Israel. And the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to the Egyptians, but it was light by night to the Israelis. So that the one came not near the other all night long. God will protect you supernaturally from your enemies if you'll just do what he tells you to do and not put all the emphasis on him. And what did Moses do? He stretched, verse 21, out his hand over the sea. And the Lord, now watch, and the Lord. He stretched his hand out and the Lord caused. He stretched his hand out and the Lord caused. This is the divine order. Stretch your hand out and the Lord will cause. Not the Lord causes while you sit there doing nothing. You do your part and he does his part, but because of what he's done for us, the covenant, your part comes first. Everybody wants God's part to come first because of fear. I don't know if you can see it, but I can see it real clear. He stretched out his hand and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on the left hand. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses and his chariots. And it came to pass, watch this, this is, this is freaky. Most people don't realize this, Taylor. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the fire. He was in the fire and he's looking at them. I mean, whoa, if you're looking at fire and God's looking out of that fire at you, I would be afraid if I were you. I'm telling you. And he looked at him through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians but those angels got involved and they took off their chariot wheels. They were having axle problems. Angels can cause that. They just touch those axles, they fall off. They're in the middle of the thing. God had to slow them down so the water could kill them. I'll just take off your wheels. Now you have to stop and do repairs. Well, while you're stopping and doing repairs, hope you can swim. Because you're fish food, buddy. Because you have insulted my people and you've insulted me. Not only 400 years, but these last 10 plagues. And now you're chasing them. God had to destroy their enemies so they could be free forever. And not worry if one day there's going to be an Egyptian army right there on the edge of the wilderness. 
going to destroy them. He had to take, take them out. Hmm. And they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us free, flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. Even they knew God was with them. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand over the sea. Moses said, God didn't do it. He said, you stretch out your hand. And he did. And the sea returned to its strength. When the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them and there remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on the left. And the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord. In other words, they reverenced God. They had faith in God and in his servant Moses. Moses was vindicated because remember they were whining and complaining at him and God got the worship and the reverence that he deserved. But I want you to notice there's no problem saying stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Lord will fight for you. That's a true statement if you put it second. But you don't ever put it first. I'm sick. Oh, I'm just going to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. You'll stay sick. Now, in an old covenant, when they didn't even have the authority that we have today, he still expected that. How much more in the new covenant when you've got unlimited authority? You're not going to get away with it. If Moses didn't get away with it in a covenant, that probably would have justified a little bit getting away with it. In the new covenant, there's no room for error on this. You don't say, I feel sick. Lord, I'm just waiting on you. You'll wait till you die. Now, it's nothing wrong with saying that if you've done the first thing. Stretch your rod out. Use your words. Use your authority. Command, loose, and forbid in the name of Jesus with strength. And then God, when he stretches and God caused the wind. The power, the miracle was done by God, not Moses. But Moses had to release that authority and that faith first. I need to do it first. Once I've done it, then it's okay to say, stand still and watch what God does. He'll fight for you. That wind is coming and then we're moving forward. But he had to do his part first before he tells everybody to have a, have a, a little drink and sit back and relax and watch what God's going to do. You don't ask God, don't say watch what God's going to do if you're not going to, if you're not going to evoke the authority that he's given you. Are you with me? If you're ever in an alley or a parking lot or anywhere and you, and there is somebody there that is threatening you, don't you dare stand and say, Oh God, help me. I'm trying to teach you. You point your finger at them and say, I bind you in Jesus name. I command you to leave. And if they keep coming, just start to dance and praise and those angels will knock them down. God will not let you be raped. He will not let you be mugged. He will defend you to the uttermost. If you release your rod of authority, then he will cause whatever he needed. On that tr- platform, I didn't say, God, save me. I just come out of my spirit and I started spinning like a top and I said, I bind you. What am I saying? I'm releasing authority. I bind you in Jesus' name. And I spun and God caused them to freeze. That's how God did. He could have had them all fall down. He could have struck them blind. He could have done whatever he wanted. He just caused them to freeze and let me get through that crowd. Sent an angel to help me, which I didn't know was an angel until God told me years later, that little Indian man was an angel, son. 
And I thought, but angels don't look like that. They're big. Until David Hogan told me that a 12-year-old came when he was in Africa and delivered him from the, from the Muslim guy with blood all over his face and war paint. And he was had a machete to decapitate David Hogan. He was standing nose to nose. It's true. You don't mess with those guys. They'll kill you and ask questions later. A little 12-year-old boy came. God sent an angel in the form of a 12-year-old boy. And he came and talked to that commander and said, you need to let this man go. God said, I can use anybody. Don't just think angels come as big, you know, big men that are 12 feet tall. He said, I can send angels as boys. I can send angels as colonels. I can send angels as little taxi drivers. It's not the point what they look like. The point is God intervened. But I didn't say God saved me. If I'd said God saved me, I would not be standing here. They came to kill me. The pastor warned me. They kill people every week on that platform. It's the most dangerous platform in all of India. Do not get left alone there. I will wait for you. He told me where to stand. He told me what car to be in. He said, as soon as you come out, I will get you. Well, he got the dates wrong. He was coming the next day. And I'm standing there looking, wondering, is this the right car? Is this the right platform? Oh, God. And here they come, 100 strong. Some of them with weapons, some of them without, circled me 360 degrees, and they're looking at me. I know that look. I've seen it many times on the mission. They look at you, and you know there's murder in their eyes. You can see that demon spirit in their eyes. And I know they're going to kill me. He told me they kill people every week, especially if you're white. I didn't say God saved me. I said, I will stand against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I break your power in Jesus' name. Now a God can do something because I have spoken. Don't you cry to me. You do it, and then I'll cause it to happen. You say it, God does it. You say it, God does it. He said to Randy, if you don't speak with that, that, word, that prophet, prophetic judgment against that person bringing the body of Christ into error with the gold dust nonsense, he said, if you don't speak it, I cannot cause it to come to pass. And he spoke forth judgment, and that judgment came, and within a short period of time, that person died. We're not against people. God's not killing people, but when people open the door, there is judgment in the church, Ananias and Sapphira, and there's judgment in the world, King Herod. There are judgments from God, but you've got to speak. I'm not talking about judgment. I'm talking about healing. I'm talking about anything that you need. You've got to speak. I can't get that over to you enough. You've got to speak. Oh, it it is human nature to defer to weakness. To refer to the cat poster. It's human, we, it's, it's our nature to not be strong. But when the Spirit of God is in you, you'll be strong. And you're not coming to a church that's teaching you weakness. I know that there's a time to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I know there's a time to realize that God's fighting for me. But it's not at the beginning, it's after I've commanded. Then I say, now Father, do your thing. Father, do your, stretch yourself on my behalf. But he can't do it if you're crying to him. You've got to speak first. Are you listening to me? Okay. Hallelujah. When we believe, when we have faith, we always use authority. I'm trying to get your mind to connect these two words. Faith and authority are twin brothers. They're identical twin brothers. They look, they're different, but they're the same. Do you understand? Turn with me, please, to the book of Mark chapter 16. I'll give you a few verses. You okay this morning? Yes. Hallelujah. This is my message. I can't always preach it because I have to preach a balanced diet as a pastor. But on my fast, God told me. He said, every minister has a message. In fact, Jenny, when we were listening to Pastor Nancy this morning, he just, I mean, she said it word for word what God said to me on the fast. 
And God reminded me, because I already knew I had to preach this message, but Pastor Nancy was, we listened back from a previous many years ago conference, and she was saying, just as I walked in the door, I heard that statement, and I heard the Lord say, I'm, I'm using her to confirm. And I said, well, what are the chances of me walking in at the exact moment that she makes a statement from a conference years ago? I mean, you couldn't. And he goes, I'm leading you. You don't even know I'm leading you. My hand's guiding you to be at the right place at the right time without even you knowing it. A lot of times God leads us. We don't even know he's leading us. It's not even conscious to us. But he's just, he's, he's got a way of doing things that was beyond human understanding sometimes. And I heard that statement and he said, now I'm using that to confirm what you need to preach this morning. And because he said to me on the fast, you have a message. Now I'm a pastor, so I have messages. But she said to me on the fast, you have a message that I've put in your mouth. That is your message. As a minister, that is what you'll become known for. It's your message. It's the message I've assigned for you to preach primarily, but not in this church, on the mission field. Because in this church, I have to be balanced. I can't preach that message all the time. You don't need to hear it all the time. But every now and then, the Lord will say, preach that message. Because people need to be refreshed and reminded of the message in our church. But the message that he's given me, that he said to me on the fast, he said, your message internationally, unless I tell you different, is the authority through the blood. He said, you preach on authority and you preach on the blood and how they work together. The covenant of authority through the blood of Jesus. And he said, that's your message. That's what you will become known for internationally. And he said, that's what I'm going to anoint more than any other message you preach. You can preach other messages, but I won't anoint it the same way because that's the message I've assigned for you. Norville had a message. Dad Hagen had a message. Pastor Nancy has a message. Jerry has a message. He's known as favor. There's different ministers that God, they preach a lot of things, but there's an assigned message in their mouth. And I've wondered for a long time, Jenny, what that word was that Pastor Nancy gave. I could never understand it until he spoke that to me on the fast. Because years ago she said, there's an angel standing in front of you. I don't know how to explain this to you, Pastor Craig, because it doesn't make any, it's unusual to say these things. Spiritual things don't always make sense naturally. But she says, he's standing in front of you and he's pulling a little drawer. There's a little drawer in your throat and he's pulling that drawer out and I see a scroll and he's putting the scroll in the drawer and pushing it back into your throat. And those are the words of heaven for the message he's sign for you and I've never quite understood what she meant until I was on the fast and he said that scroll has information on it revelation in it about the authority through the blood and it's in your voice it's in your voice it's part of your voice when you go be strong about it because that's what I've anointed you to do but he said you can't always do that here because you'll be unbalanced in the local church The local pastor's anointing is different to the apostle's anointing. You've got to be balanced in that. He said, don't you preach it unless I tell you to. But last night I had the vision. I was all ready. We had the slides ready. Everything was ready. And he said, not tomorrow. I said, what do you want? He said, preach the message. When he says preach the message, I know what he's talking about. Because that's the message assigned to me. Now there's many sermons within that message. There's a lot of sermons. There's probably 40 sermons within that message I can choose from. But then he specified, he said, that one, Christ unto me. That's what I have for the church tomorrow. When I preach, I'm not just picking something out of a hat. If you come here, you need to have some confidence that God himself is trying to communicate something to you. So open up your heart to receive it. Because it's not just me teaching something that I think is nice. God himself is saying, listen to your pastor. He's got an answer in his mouth for you. And you all say amen, but are you going to say amen the next time the storm comes? Because the disciples were saying, oh God, save us. 
And what did Jesus say? Oh, ye of little faith. How long have I been with you? Why don't you pay attention to me? Did Jesus say, Father, I ask thee in the presence of these great men, save us? He said, be muzzled. That's what he said. He spoke in authority and he believed in his heart that what he said would come to pass and he commanded it to stop and it was God's power that caused it to be a great calm but he released power by his authority we release God's power with our words of authority because we believe what we're saying if you don't believe it it's not going to work for you people say to me what I speak but it's not working it's because you don't believe don't come to me I can't tell you how much it annoys me Greg people come like there's some kind of an exception well I've done what you've said I've tried it and it doesn't work I must be an exception there are no exceptions if it's not working for you you simply don't believe because it works for every person every time every place every scenario if it's not working for you it's not on my side and it's not on God's side humble yourself it's on your side you're just spouting words you're just saying things you're being a parrot Parrots don't contain the power of God. Human beings with revelation in their heart contain the power of God. You've got to believe this and command it and it will obey you. If it's not, you just don't believe. Don't get mad at me for telling you that. I'm trying to help you. Dad, Hagen prayed for his daughter that had the thing on her eyes on the road. Nothing happened. Dad, Hagen, the titan of faith. And God said, you're too busy. Go and sit under my word for a while. This is Dad Hagen. If he had to do it, how much more do you have to do it? And I think it was three nights, if I remember correctly. One hour he slept, one hour he woke. One hour he slept. Most of you would never do that because you sleep too important to you. But for him, his daughter's eye was more important than sleep. He didn't call the prayer tower or IHOP. Or what are they, I'm not knocking, I'm just saying that's not what he did. He didn't ask God, oh God. He just obeyed. One hour sleep, one hour studying on healing. One hour sleep, one hour meditating on healing. Three nights in a row. He would have gone longer. The only reason he stopped at three nights is because the word on healing got so big in him, he felt that faith, because faith comes by the revelation of the word. He felt the word was so real to him and faith was so strong in him. What did it do? It produced itself in a command of authority. Faith will always result in authority. Faith results in authority. And he spoke from his hotel room and said, I command that to be healed. And she called and said, it disappeared. Even Dad Hagen had to build up because he got so distracted, so tired, so busy, so busy giving out that he needed not the gifts, his personal faith for his daughter. And it took him time. I remember that often when things don't always work as fast for me as I'd like. Or when I pray for somebody and they're healed and then I pray for my son and they're not. This is a discrepancy. Why, Why, Lord? Because that anointing will work for them. That anointing doesn't necessarily work for you all the time in your family. You've got to build yourself up. You've got to know what you believe. It's got to be real. It's got to be breathing. It's got to be vital in you. It's got to be, you've got to be pregnant with it. And at the time of your deliverance from that pregnant baby of faith, that's when you say, in Jesus' name, and the power of God comes out and manifests it for you. God's power does it. God's power turned that eye. But it was his faith released 
with the word of authority that allowed God's power to move. I'm trying to help you because a lot of people don't understand this. You want to get healed? Don't just put it over on God. Don't just put it over on the altar. That's why not as many people get healed in the altar call. I'm looking at statistics. Not as many are getting healed. New ones get healed. Sometimes God's merciful and he healed people, but he's expecting you, if you're under this kind of message, that you'll do it. That doesn't mean you can't come out of the altar. That doesn't mean it won't want to answer you, but I'm saying there's a responsibility on you. You've been given this incredible measure of authority. Use it. Use it. It will work for you. Hallelujah. Mark 16. What did I tell you that, Taylor? Just try not to pull me away anymore, brother, please. Mark 16. Go into all the world, verse 15, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized will be saved. And believeth not shall be dead. And these signs shall follow them that, not, not attend conferences, not cry to the Lord for help. These signs follow them that believe. And obviously that release that believing with the, with the command of faith, the command of authority. In my name, they shall what? Cast out devils. If you believe and speak, devils will obey you. If you believe and speak, they will speak with new tongues. If you believe and speak, you'll take up serpents. And if you drink any anything, including COVID vaccine. I'm not, I'm, I don't care what you do. Do whatever you want. I really, truly don't care at all. I respect those that do. I respect those that don't. I'm just telling you what God told me. On the way down to that first appointment, I don't want to put things in my body if I don't have to, Lord, but I know what I have to do to fill my call to travel. I'm not pro it. I'm not against it. I just don't have an opinion on it. I don't like the government's control. I can tell you that right now. But, but I have to, I, God said, you need to do it or it's hinder your call. So I said, okay. And then as I'm going down, I said, Lord, I'm in faith. Do whatever you do, do in faith. If you don't take it, do it in faith. If you take it, do it in faith. Without faith, it's sin. I said, but Lord, anything you want to tell me about this? And he said, he took me to this verse, and he said, did you notice that I said, if you drink, and then the snakes bite. Right, injection. He said, drinking is through your respiratory system, which includes breathing. That's germs, airborne stuff, anything, poison, drink, whatever. Anything that could hurt you that goes in you. And he said, I also said anything that hurts you that goes, punctures your skin. And he said to me, the fangs of a snake is the same as that needle. He said, I'm telling you to get this, son. Because without it, you can't fulfill your call in this season. It'll change, but in this season. I wouldn't be able to see Pastor Nancy. I, I, I'm not going to let things hinder my call. And he said, if, if, he didn't say there was. He said, if there's anything in there that's not good for you. If all this conspiracy should be true. He said, do not be concerned. For when that goes in you, it nothing shall by any means hurt thee. If you believe and if you speak. So before I went and I lifted my hands and I said, Father, Jenny was with me and I said, Father, I believe and I release my authority. I don't know what's in that, in that cocktail, but should there be anything to harm me, I command it in Jesus' name to die. And I released my authority in faith and the power of God went and did whatever it needed to do and they put that thing in there and then I was the happiest person and the lady even said, I've never seen somebody so happy. She's a Filipino nurse. She says, I'm so depressed. Everybody is so afraid. I said, not me. I know Jesus. She says, I'm a believer too. Could you lay? She wanted me to lay hands on her before I would leave the booth. I said, lady, you're a supervisor. Lay hands on me. I said, in Jesus' name, I laid hands on her. <laughs> because I emanate dominion. So don't you talk to me about this nonsense and that nonsense. I respect whatever you want, but I'm telling you what I believe. 
I'm telling you what I believe and nothing shall by any means hurt me and no devil can touch me and no COVID can touch me and no mugger can touch me and no wild animal can touch me because I believe I really and truly believe if you don't believe that's your problem I'm not against you do whatever you want but I believe God told you not to do it, then I respect that. I don't attack you. Do whatever you want. I don't care. It's your life. It's on my life. But I'm not going to let things hurt me. I'm not going to let things hurt me. And I woke up at one o'clock that next morning and I felt symptoms. And the devil said, you got it. You got it. You got that COVID. And I stood up out of my bed and I said, I didn't want to wake people up, but I didn't care at that point. And I said, now I rebuke you in Jesus name. I said I believe and God's power is driving that out of my body and within about 30 seconds I felt perfect whatever that stuff was it evaporated into smoke just gone that's the kind of dominion we need in this in this world we need dominion God told you different I'm not violating you follow the inner witness but if whatever God leads you to do you better do it in faith you better believe that God is with you with me I got off on a bunny trail there and you will lay hands on the sick if you believe Taylor well I well I prayed and 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 nothing and nothing happened that's because you don't believe well I don't I don't understand I don't understand I just don't understand porky pig I don't understand how do I believe turn the stupid television off go one hour sleep and one hour not if it takes that Get into the word until it grows so big inside of you and revelation dawns in you and it opens up to you and you're pregnant with it. Then you'll believe and then you'll speak and then God's power will do whatever it is that you've asked him to do. Oh, religious people hate this kind of preaching. I'm telling you, religious people cringe at this kind. This will curl your toenails and give you a permanent wave, this kind of teaching. And religious people can't handle it. But people of faith, the spirit of faith, they love this teaching. They love this dominion. They like knowing how to get answers to prayer. For years, Deanne, I couldn't understand how come I don't get healed, but other people could get healed until I got around Dr. Dufresne. And Dr. Dufresne started teaching me, you're trying to do God's side. You're going to do your side. Let God do his side. You believe and speak, God will do it. I couldn't figure out how to get money. How come everybody else gets money but me? I'm always broke. Until I realized, I tithed, I gave, but until I realized I've got to speak and believe and receive my answer in my authority and then God's power will cause that increase to come this this message changed everything for me I stopped being sick after this message I stopped being broke after this message I stopped being afraid after this message fear comes every now and then but I speak to it I said no you don't no you don't on that first flight in the little plane oh my god with brother Randy. oh my god and I'm so, I was so scared. I just had visions of Dr. Plane crashing. I, I just, the devil was putting thoughts in my mind. You're never going to make it to the ground. You and Randy are both going to die. And I mean, that little plane, it's so like, it's small. The smaller the plane, the more bumps you feel. And we're going and it's like, Wee! and I'm like, Randy, is this, are we going to make it, brother? Oh, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. I said, are you sure you know what you're doing? Why is that red light on? Don't worry about it. I said, oh my God. And then all of a sudden we hit a wind pocket and we fall 10, boom, and I went, ah, and we just, boom, boom. And, and, he's, and he's just so calm, and he's just, don't get I'm like, Randy, are we okay? Oh, we're fine, don't worry, everything's good. 
And then he says, wow, there's a strong crosswind. I said, what does that mean? He goes, well, I have to put right right around. I have to cross. And he said, just let me concentrate for this. I said, you do whatever you need to do. And we're coming down on that runway. And it's like everything went into slow motion. Because I look at Randy's face, like slow motion. I look at Randy and he's got this look. He's like, like he's got this, he's got this look. And, he, and, he, and he's, he t- I don't think he realized, but he has this look on his face. And he's pulling that rudder with his foot. And, and the, the, the thing's going on an angle to counter the wind. It's like slow motion. I look down and the runway is very close, very fast. And we're on a very steep angle. And we got a lot of weight in that plane between Randy and I. And I look to my right, and there's a coyote on the side of the on the side of the road, just where we're about to land. And he's sitting there and he's looking at us. And my eyes caught the coyote's eyes. And it was the weirdest twilight zone experience. I looked at the coyote. And it's like he was saying, I'm praying for you. He didn't say it, but that's that's what I heard. I'm looking and he's looking at me and I'm looking at the coyote. And I look back at Randy and he's like. And I look and I look at the runway and I close my eyes. I said, Jesus! We landed. We landed. <laughs> my, my, heart, my heart, my heart, was my heart was like I said, I'm not doing the stupid plane thing, Lord. I'll hire a pilot. I don't give a rip. I'm never doing that again. I'm never doing that again. That's ridiculous. Nobody in their right mind does these kind of things except Randy. But 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 he's not in his right mind. He's, he's in the mind of Christ. <laughs> no, I'm serious. And while we're taxiing to where Jenny is, who's beaming, thinking that there's going to be a great report. There ain't no great report. I sold myself. I'm scared. I was scared. I felt fear, legitimate fear, legitimate fear, like terror, panic. And I heard as we're taxiing, Randy's like, did you enjoy that? I'm like, mm-hmm. And I heard the Lord speak to me as we're taxiing. And he said, you better speak to that spirit of fear. Because I'm telling you, I decided when once we landed, I'm not doing this anymore. I was going to actually sell the plane. I was already calculating what I could do with the money. Like my mind goes fast, Dan. I was going to, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to get $70,000 for it. That's going to convert to 90,000 Canadian. And I'm going to buy this for the minister. I'm going to do that. Or I was already calculating what to do with the proceeds. My mind's quick. I don't play games. No moss grows under my feet. And he knows I was calculating the sale of the plane because there's three offers. It's, there's three people that are asked to buy our plane because it is the best, the best Cessna from the 60s they've ever seen. In terms of its safety record and its solidity, didn't feel very solid to me, but apparently it's very solid. And I'm calculating, and he spoke to me. He said, you better speak to that spirit of fear. He said, if you don't, son, it will rob you of this. I'm trying to get something over to you for the nations need this. You don't see now what is going to be needed 10 years from now. But this, the souls are going to need quick ex- exits and entries. And you're going to need a little plane to get where I've called you to preach and to get out quickly. And he said, if you, and there can't be always a pilot with you. You've got to learn this. Speak to that spirit of fear. You see, I couldn't say God save me. I have to do my part. Now his power will drive that back. And I said in the name, just under my breath, because Randy thinks I'm having a great time, but I'm not having a great time. But I said under my breath, I still said it, I whispered it. So it still doesn't matter how loud you say, devils can hear whispers, but you need to say it, you can't just do it in your mind. And I said, I rebuke you. I rebuke you, spirit of fear. I believe 
and you will obey me. And immediately that thing, which is, I don't know how to explain it to you. It's like it's there with all the feelings and emotions. And within a split second, it's gone. And I felt perfectly normal. Which means demon spirits can bring feelings with them. They can bring emotions with them. They can make you believe that it's you. But it's not you. If it's not according to the Bible, it's not you. And I said, now you stop it. And I got on that plane. I was still a bit shaken. Jenny knows. She saw me. But, but, but I said, no, I'm going to do this. This is what God told me to do. I don't really want to do it. I'd much rather pay somebody else to do it. But Lord, if that's what you told me to do, I'm going to obey you. Because the ministry calls for it. Hallelujah. So I talk about aviation. You got to understand, like, I don't even want to do it. So you better help me. Because if you don't help me, then I'll just make the excuse to God. Well, the people didn't help me, so I'm not doing it. But it, but it, but it requires the ministry. I'm trying to get something over to you. I'm not going through my notes. I should I have a lot of scriptures I want to read you, and I'm not getting to it all. And I feel very bad about that because it's 1159, and I've got to quit, and I've got to, and I'm not doing everything in my notes. But I'm just trying to, I'm trying to show you something that believing and authority go together. Those that believe. I'll just quote, I won't read it. But in Matthew chapter 8, the centurion say that's right and jesus said you got the greatest faith because faith results in saying what about ephesians 1 the exceeding greatness of your power to us word who believe when i believe power flows because i speak can you see it this is this is not me making it up this is this is bible and just before we go, just last verse, because I know we got to go, but look at Mark chapter, the, the famous one, but Mark chapter 11. Yes. More than my eloquence or whatever, if you'll, if you'll listen, there'll be an impartation for you today. Yes. Sometimes these kind of anointed sermons, it's not as much information as it is revelation. There's an impartation that comes. If you'll, if you'll have a hungry heart to receive, something will go into you whether, even whether you realize it or not. And the next time you face something, there'll be a greater strength to handle it. You won't be as afraid as you were before. <laughs> Lorraine told me, hope you don't mind me saying it, Lorraine, but she looked up. This doesn't happen very often, I'm sure, but she saw a demon spirit manifested itself in her, in her room, on her ceiling, staring at her with this vicious, violent, hate, murderous look on its face like it wanted to kill her. Now, that doesn't happen very often, but because she stands in a place of the spirit to pray, certain things come to intimidate you. Now, what did she do? Oh, God, help me. That's the wrong answer. She pointed her finger and said, I command you in the name of Jesus, you go. I have authority over you and you have no right to be here. Now go. And it started to dissipate and move back, move back until it vanished. If she had got afraid, I'm sure she felt fear, but if she had yielded to that fear instead of faith, that, I don't know what would have happened. Do you understand? Yes. The lump in Jenny's breast. She felt a lot of fear. So did I. But we believed and we, we, we meditated until it became so big. And when she spoke that morning, gone. Her hips couldn't bend over and tie her shoes. But she spoke. I watched her. I listened to her for months. It took some time, but it got so big in her that she gave birth. That revelation got so big, it came out with authority. And that thing left her. Praise God. Thank God when Quinn got that flesh-eating disease on his face, we didn't have time to build our faith. In ourselves, we probably wouldn't have been able to handle that. But God knows your frailties. He knows where you're at, and that's why he's got something in his back pocket called the gift of faith that when you don't have enough and it requires a time sensitive urgency but you've done what you can and you've used what you know and you've done what you know that gift of faith come on you when that gift of faith comes on you you can fly like superman you, i'm serious you can do anything 
and she lunged from that sink to him about 12, 15 feet. I mean, one step. She, she flew. Honestly, I don't know how to explain it. It's like she was Superman. She lunged at him and grabbed him by the face. His skin went black, black. I mean, black, black, black. All of it died. All the way down here. He said, Mommy, he's only, what, seven? He said, Mommy, what's wrong with me? And this black skin. And she lunged and she grabbed him. I heard the Holy Ghost say, step back. <laughs> I'm telling you, God knows what's about to happen. And I remember I stepped back against the counter and she flew through the room, grabbed him. I curse you in Jesus' name. Get off my son. How dare you, devil? The power of God started moving because of her words. Yes. <laughs> and the next morning it was light gray. And the next morning... It was perfect. And the doctor said, what you're saying is not possible. I said, Doc, I'm telling you the truth, sir. I'm telling you, it was black. It was black. He goes, that's not possible. I said, what, there's never been skin that turns black? He goes, that's flesh-eating disease. But it's, there's, no, there's never in the history of mankind ever been a cure if it gets into your neck. You have to decapitate the head. You can't do that. You decapitate fingers, you can decapitate digits, but you can't decapitate a head. He said it, it, the only way it would have got through his ear canal or his nose canal and it would have taken root and it's eating, it's literally eating him from the inside out and his flesh is turning black because the flesh is dead. His skin is dead and it's gonna eat him into his brain. There is no cure medically, it's impossible. It's never ever been recorded ever in medical history for somebody to have that in their neck and survive. He said, well, you're telling me that you're the first one in history? I said, absolutely. Who do you think you are? You're pretty arrogant. You don't know God the way I do. When God tells me to step back and the gift of faith hits my wife and she flies through the room like Superman and curses that thing, the power of God went into action to save our son's life. And when Cole was running like a fool that he was, but we love him anyway, and he hit the, the dividing thing between the, you know, the transition piece between the carpet and the hardwood, and he ripped his toe open between his big toe and his middle toe, and I mean ripped that thing open two, three, two or three, I can't remember, but towel full, soaked with blood at seven years old. And we're out preaching and they called me, Ed called me and said, you better get home. We have an emergency. And I'm my, you know, as a parent, you, oh, oh. And, I, and I see blood everywhere. And he's standing there, he's white. He's, you know, when you lose that much blood, you lose color and, and he's got his feet up on a thing. And I'm looking, he said, don't, 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 don't touch me, daddy. And I'm looking and little Quinn, they're so cute. Quinn goes in the other couch and he said, oh God, show us your power. Show us your power now. Oh God, show us your power. Show us your power now. So he's doing his little chanting prayer. And I'm sitting there like the dad, not knowing what to do. And I'm looking very, very carefully. I pulled the toes just very slightly and I can see his bones on the inside. I mean, that thing ripped so huge. You could see the inside of his foot. Agonizing pain. I thought I need, to, I need to go find an emergency room. I need to go. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, speak. Well, if you don't say speak, it's up to you. If you go to the emergency room, I'm not telling you what to, but I don't know what he told me. And I put my hand on him and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to seal. In the name of Jesus, I command you to seal. And I went to sleep. And I got up early the next morning to go to work and I completely forgot about it. And I get home and I realize as I'm pulling in the driveway and I thought, what kind of a father am I that I didn't remember that God caused my memory almost to be lost because he didn't want me worrying about it. And I swore, screamed and said, where is Cole? Where, where? He's in the bath. Why did you? I mean, I screamed at Jenny. I said, why would you let him go in the bath? He's got the thing on his foot. You can't be in the bath. Talk about like lack of faith. 
But the gift of faith came on me. I didn't have enough in that moment. But God saw that I needed it in that moment. And I used what I had and he made up the difference. And little Quinn was a part of that miracle. And I looked and I said, Cole, remember, I don't know if you remember. I, gra- I said, why are you in the tub with his brother? They were both in their little six and seven year old naked as a harp and playing with their toys like little boys do. And I said, and I grabbed him. I remember because he almost hit his head. I grabbed him so hard, pulled on his legs and his head went back in the bath. And I said, which, which foot? I couldn't remember which foot it was. It was his right foot, but I couldn't remember. It was the right foot, right, Coley? I couldn't remember. He can't even remember which one it was. And I looked at the one and, and I'm pulling the toe and I, it's not that one. I threw it aside. I looked at the other one and I'm, and I pulled the other one and I, and I, I went back and forth and I was confused. I thought, did it happen to Quinn? What, what, what's going on here? Am I losing my mind? Was this a bad dream? And Cody just looked at me and said, I'm healed, daddy. Not only was there healing, there wasn't even a scar. It's as if he can't tell today which, which toe that was. And I could see the inside of his foot. Don't tell me that authority spoken in faith doesn't cause the power of God to move. Do what, where you're at. If you need to go to the emergency room, please go to the emergency room. If you need to take Tylenol, take the Tylenol. If you don't want to take the COVID, don't take the vaccine. Whatever where you're at. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to stir your spiritual blood to let you know there's a higher way. It's called the faith way. It's called the authority way. Stop crying to God, getting him to do everything first. You speak and then stand back and watch the salvation. All night he watched that wind, but it wouldn't happen if he didn't speak. Hallelujah. I know I've told those stories before, but I've got lots of other stories on the mission field and different things, but I don't have time. I'm just telling you extreme ones in my family that I still remember to this day. I'm glad my sons know the power of God's real. I'm glad they know that. I'm glad they've seen us cast out demons from people. I'm glad they know that this book of Acts is still happening today. With all our highfalutin social media and this nonsense and this chip and that thing, with all of that stuff, the book of Acts is still happening today. The rawness of the gospel is still in effect today. And it can help you and save you and deliver you.